Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. So as I was preparing and um, getting ready for this series that we're going to be in in January here, I just, um, the thing the Lord was laying on my heart is fruitfulness. How many in here want to see fruit in your life? I mean, a hundredfold return on the word of God that you plant, the seed that you plant as it's watered and see fruit off of that seed. You know, that is for us. That's available to us. God has made it. Um, you know, he's, he's lavished everything. He's given everything. He's poured everything of himself into us to be able to do that, to be able to live fruitful Fruit-bearing lives, full of fruit, good fruit, kingdom fruit, right? And so we're going to look at some things because um, as we were going through our Bible reading towards the end, the Lord just, there was a particular passage in Second Peter, which is what we're going to be camping on uh, this month, that was so, this, 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 and you will not be unfruitful. So we're going to look at the this, 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 this. So we can be fruitful and not unfruitful, right? So let's pray this morning. Father, we just thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you, Father, that, Lord, you fill my mouth, my heart, Lord, that we hear what you want to say this morning and in this study, Father. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we just thank you for your faithfulness this past year. You have been so good to us. You have been so faithful and we just thank you, Lord, and we look into 2022 with expectation and uh, faith. And, Lord, we know that, Father, we are going to see awesome things. We're going to see mighty things as we are doers of the word of God. So we thank you, Lord, and we give you all the honor and praise this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's turn over to Genesis chapter 1 this morning. We're going to go all the way back to the beginning. This is just verse 28. We're just going to look at a couple of verses. Actually, we're going to start in verse 26. And I'm going to be doing all of my reading, Taylor, in the Amplified, <laughs> mostly. She's like, Mom, do the verses slow. It's her first time doing, doing the words. So she's like, go slow. Don't go too fast. How many you got? You know, she's very, she likes to, you know, she comes by it honestly. I'm kind of that way too, so. All right, the 26th, uh, chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I find it interesting that when we were created, when man was created, right, he used the whole Godhead. Father, Son, let us, and the Holy Spirit. Everything else was just God said this, God said this, but he in included the whole, the whole in making us. He said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image, after our likeness, and let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the tame beasts, and over all the earth, and over everything that creeps upon the earth. So God created, verse 27, man in his own image. In the image and likeness, man or of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them 
and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it, using all its vast resources in the service of God and man, and have dominion over it. All right. Now, some translations and some things that I looked up, that word fruitful there is not just, you know, having babies. It's taking, it's being productive. So fruitfulness and being productive was spoken into us. You see that? Into Adam when he created man and woman. It was spoken into us that we would be fruitful and that we were to subdue or govern or watch over or take care of whatever was in our sphere, right? Our job. And so um, the other thing I like that he says is he said, and God blessed them. And that word bless there is Greek, and I'm not even going to try to say it. It starts with an M. But it's a believer being in a position for receiving God's provisions and favor as being an extension of his grace. So in our DNA, in our makeup from the very beginning, God spoke over us fruitfulness, provision, grace, blessing, favor. He spoke over us uh, that we were able to take our life and what pertained to us and govern over it, to subdue it, to watch over it, to, to um, uh, uh, till the ground, to, to nurture it, to develop it, and all these things. We'll look into what subdue means, but he spoke over us. So, you could, and, and this is the way the Lord showed this to me, is we are, just from what he created us to be, we are anointed. We are anointed to be fruitful and subdue. We are anointed to do this. We are called. We were made to do this. We were made to have authority and dominion over our sphere. It was spoken over us by the Creator. I mean, we got to feel so special. God really thought about when He created mankind from the very beginning. And He really, um, really just, well, He's just smart. Like, He's smarter than me. Like, way smarter than me, <laughs> right? He thinks of everything, okay? And so the word subdue means to govern, to conquer, and bring into subjection, to bring under control, especially by an exertion of the will, all right? Um, it's to bring into, to force, to keep under, bring in subjection, and make subservient. Um, we were created to manage and govern our lives according to the life that was breathed into us at creation. We were, he breathed into us and he gave us and anointed us to be able to govern our lives to such a point that we can be and should be fruitful and bearing much fruit. I want to bear more fruit. I want to bear more fruit. I mean, I've seen some things and I've, and I've uh, applied the word in some areas, but I want to bear more fruit. There are some things that, you know, we, we walk through in life and, 
And how, how many have been completely satisfied with every outcome of, their, of things in their life? <laughs> or, uh, or like me, you're, you're believing God for something, and it just, it's, it is such a long process to get to the manifestation. But I'll tell you, all along the way, the Lord is, is showing me how to and helping me adjust to walk in what he's called me to do. And that is to be fruitful. And that is to govern my life and to see the glory of God released in my life in every situation. We have that available to us. And I'm not seeing that fully. So 2022... I'm going to see more of that. I'm going to see more of that. And in that, as I'm finding this, we have a responsibility, right? We have a responsibility to not just hear the word of the Lord, but to apply it to our lives. You can know a whole lot of stuff, but if you never apply it, it's just a whole lot of stuff you know. It's just a whole lot of stuff you know. And so in being fruitful and applying these things to our lives, if we know that the word of God, and this is how simple it is, if we know, and I know it feels difficult in the moment, but if we know that the word of God says, do not fear, we should be so after applying do not fear in our life. And, it's as, and, it, and, and you say, how do you do that? It's faith. It's faith. You get a hold of your, the fear that's trying to, the emotion, you get a hold of it and you tell it that it's not in charge. You govern your life, you govern yourself, you govern your mind, you govern your emotions so that you can apply the word of God in it and then see fruit come forward. But listen, if we never work at and focus on and are diligent in, in applying the word of God, we will not have fruit in that area. Right? How many of you just, you know, you just, just because you, you know, you, you thought, you know, I'm saved. You know, I mean, you had to make a motion and an action to receive what God did. And then you live it out and you implement it in your life. And now that is what governs your life, right? Well, it goes deeper than that. We're talking about not just Jesus as our Savior, but making him our Lord. We're talking about making him our Lord. And I believe that this year, and I know we can say this every year, but listen, we have a responsibility to be fruitful for his kingdom. We have a responsibility to be passionate about the Lord, to be diligent, to run for and, and seek that first above all else, above anything. And we can do that because Jesus was our perfect example of that, and he did a pretty good job at that. But just like in the first directive from God, he told us to subdue and to be fruitful, to govern and manage our life according to his will and his plan. How many have ever tried to govern your life against his will and his plan? There's, like, there's no grace in that. 
There's no power in that. There's no strength in that. But we do that a lot. Even when we don't realize it, we do things and we make decisions about certain situations or about things in our life. And we don't take the time to say, Father, what do you want me to do? And we're not going to talk a ton about that because we did that in the humility. But from the very beginning, and this is what I want you to see this morning. Because we're just kind of laying a foundation here for what we're going to go into in the next four weeks after this. I get five weeks, like five Sundays. This is great. Uh, but uh, from the very beginning, and here's what I want you to see, is that from the very beginning, he placed us in the winner's circle. You are in the winner's circle right now. He has placed you there. He created you to be there, right? He gave you everything. And then he put in this desire in you to everything that you touch prosper. Everything that you lay your hand on, everything that you set your mind on that's in line with his will is to prosper and be fruitful, and not just fruitful, but abounding in fullness. I am not seeing that yet. I'm seeing it in some areas, but I want to see it in every area. And this takes discipline, and it takes diligence, and it takes purpose in you, and it takes, and it takes heart, and it takes passion. And it takes awareness of the Spirit of God in your life and speaking to you. In Ephesians, I love this, Ephesians 1, chapter 3. So he's made you fruitful. He created you to be fruitful, to subdue. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, and this, I'm going to do some reading this morning. So you guys, please just, as I read this, take it in. Listen to the words that we're, that we're saying here. May blessing, praise, laudation be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual given by the Holy Spirit blessing in the heavenly realm. Every one. Even as in his love, he chose us, actually picked us out for himself as his own in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy, consecrated, and set apart for him and blameless in his sight, even above reproach before him in love. For he foreordained us, destined us, planned in love for us to be adopted and revealed as his own children through Jesus Christ in accordance with the purpose of his will because it pleased him and was his kind intent so that we might be to the praise and the commendation of his glorious grace, favor, and mercy which he so freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption or total cancellation of sin. Deliverance and salvation through his blood. The remission, forgiveness of our offenses, shortcomings and trespasses. 
in accordance with the riches and the generosity of his gracious favor, which he lavished upon us in every kind of wisdom and understanding, practical insight and prudence, making known to us the mystery or the secret of his will, of his plan, of his purpose. And it is this, in accordance with what God, with, with his good pleasure, his merciful intention, which he had previously purposed and set forth in Jesus, in him. He planned for the maturity of the times and the climax of the ages to unify all things and head them up and consummate them in Christ, both things in heaven and things on the earth. In him we were also made God's heritage portion and we obtained an inheritance for we have been foreordained, chosen, appointed beforehand in accordance with his purpose who works out everything in agreement with the counsel and design of his will so that we who first hoped in Christ, who first put our confidence in him, have been destined and appointed to live for the praise of his glory. That is why we live. We do not live to see how well we can do just in the natural on this earth. Because we're his and because we live for his glory, we'll do well as we're purposed. We'll be fruitful. We'll be fruitful when we've got it set in ourselves that we are here for his purpose and his will. That alone. That's what we're here for. We're here for his kingdom. We're here to further his kingdom. We're here to be fruitful, not just so that we can be comfortable, but fruitful so that we can display his glory to everyone around Listen, do you not think that that would be quite a display if when everybody is in a panic and everybody is in lack and everybody is is sick in body and the believers, the, the children of God that were called to be children and live out and express his glory are, are, are completely different than what the world is seeing around them. Do you not think that that would stand out? And make a difference. And somebody would notice that. As the body of Christ, we have got to be fruitful. We have to stop just sitting on the words that we hear on a Sunday morning. And start putting them to action in our life. And that is what causes fruitfulness. Nothing else. And I get it. Sometimes it's difficult to act out on the word that you know. But let me tell you, it's only difficult on your flesh. And your flesh is nothing good for, it's not good for anything except for dying. What did Paul say? I die daily. We crucify our flesh daily. And the reason why we do crucify our flesh daily is because you will never have fruitfulness out of your flesh. It's impossible. You only can bear fruit that is worth kingdom, that is worthy, that is, that is, um, that is uh, good through God. We can do a whole lot of things. And guys, we are living in a society that 
well, I'm good because I give to this, or I'm good because, and it's all about accolades and what I can do, and what, and what I can, the fruit that I can bear, the fruit that I can give. But none of it is worth anything without God in it. You don't have good fruit without God. You don't bear good fruit without God. And so why we have to crucify our flesh daily is because has anybody ever noticed like me that every day you have a chance to sow to the flesh? Every single day, like almost every minute sometimes it feels like (laughs) that you have an opportunity to sow to the flesh. This is where being a disciple comes in. That disciples are not ruled by and governed by what you feel in that moment. Disciples are ruled and they are governed by the word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit. I need to get better at that. I need to get better at that. And that's how I'm going to bear more fruit for his kingdom and fruit in my life and also see the results and the manifestations that I know are available for us and to us and are ours right now. Healing in your body is yours right now. It is mine right now. Peace in my mind is mine right now. But if I try to walk out my healing and my peace in the flesh... I won't have the fruit that the word of God says I should have. So I'm going to grow up this year. Anybody want to come with me? Anybody want to grow up a little bit? We're going to get into this. It's going to be so good. I'm excited. So we, as his creation and calling ourselves his, must live in the parameters that he has set. You know, God has parameters, and it's not, you know, the law of what they had to walk in like that. We walk in love, and we fulfill that, right? Okay? So there are parameters that we stay in as his called and staying in his will. There are parameters that we need to walk in, and in that parameter is where the blessing flows, right? You guys have all heard the scripture verse that says, those that are willing and obedient will eat the good of the land. It doesn't say those who are just just are are going to eat the good of the land. There's a willingness, there's a heart issue, and then there's an obedience to that that will cause us to eat the good fruit of the land. Those are parameters, right? Does that not sound like a parameter? Does that not say, listen, there were parameters in salvation. Confess, right? Acknowledge, receive. Those were parameters, And as a disciple, we don't just live by our own parameters. We say, as Paul does, I die so that you can live in and through me. I die. And so uh, we are destined, according to uh, way back in the beginning, to be fruitful. 
And we learn to subdue the field of our lives so that our lives yield the fruit that God designed them to yield. You are designed from the beginning to yield fruit. But we have to subdue. We have to govern. We have to bring things under subjection to the word of God. We have to bring things under God's parameters in his will. Keep things. And really, guys, this, and we've been talking about this. This is all about relationship and communion with God. I don't know why sometimes, well, I do, because sometimes I think we listen too much to our flesh, but has anybody ever just sat down and spent time with the Lord? Let me see. Let me, let me see. Well, that's good. should be everybody. <laughs> How many have ever left feeling empty? Not once. Whenever I have disciplined my flesh and submitted myself to the word of God, I have always come out on top and full every single time. So he's saying here that in every area of our life, we can govern it to, to that extent where we feel full. That doesn't mean that we don't come up against things. But listen, you're going to come up against things whether you're with him or whether you're without him. Let's choose with him. We've even got a church world that when things get tough, they run from their help. They turn from their help and they try to figure it all out on their own and they try to do all of this when if there's just that submission as we've talked to or talked about before to the Lord, he would say, here is your exodus. Let's go. God is good. <clears throat> so being fruitful is already in our DNA. It is our nature. It is our nature. Not only when we were created, but then the nature of God was put on the inside of us. And how many think that Jesus was pretty fruitful? He was fruitful. And then he tells us to go and be the same. Well, if we're going to go and be the same and be fruitful, then maybe we should look at how Jesus walked through this life and how he did things and how he handled it. And the biggest thing that I notice, he was always in communion with his father. He was always in check. God what do I do here? Where do I go here? What do you want me to say here? What do you want me to do there? That's what I'm going to do. He was always in communion and constant communion with his father, knowing what to do. God, what do you want me to do? Je this is Jesus. God, what do you, Father, what do you want me to do to be fruitful in this situation? You notice sometimes he did things that we wouldn't think would like look like it was going towards fruitful. What does that matter? Remember, God knows more than us. He knows more than us, and he's trustworthy. He's trustworthy, and we can trust him. Has he ever not proven himself to be trustworthy in your life? If you have really gone and sought him for something, he has always been trustworthy. So our main text, we're going to turn to 2 Peter, and this is where we are going to camp for the next, uh, this month. 
And this is going to, I'm going to read quite a bit here, but I want you to listen, and then we're going to look at um, one verse in particular today. Um, but we're going to start 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, and we're going to go through 10. And remember, I'm reading it like in the Amplified, so it's like double. So just hang with me, all right? So may grace, and I want, listen really closely, please. When the word of God is read in this place, pay attention. God is speaking to us. May grace, God's favor, and peace, which is perfect well-being, all necessary good, all spiritual prosperity, and freedom from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts, be multiplied to you in full, personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Notice in verse 2, it says knowledge of God. I want you to kind of keep that in your mind. For his divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to life and godliness through the full personal knowledge of him who called us by and to his own glory and excellence virtue. And excellence, which is virtue. By means of these, he has bestowed on us his precious and exceedingly great promises so that through them you may escape by flight from the moral decay, rottenness, and corruption that is in the world because of covetousness, you, yeah, lust. Some of these words, it's like, okay, McFarland, you can say it. And lust and greed and become sharers, partakers of the divine nature. For this very reason, adding, now listen to this, adding your diligence to the divine promises, employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop virtue, which is excellence, resolution, Christian energy. And in exercising virtue, you develop knowledge intelligence and in exercising knowledge develop self-control and in exercising self-control you develop steadfastness patience endurance and in exercising steadfastness you develop godliness and in exercising godliness develop brotherly affection and in exercising brotherly affection develop Christian love that is a lot of exercising is anybody tired just talking about that exercising these things for these qualities are yours and increasingly abound in you they will keep you from being unfruitful and idle exercising these things will keep you from being idle and unfruitful Unto the full personal knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Whoever lacks these qualities is blind, spiritually short-sighted. Sound like parameters here, right? To being fruitful in life. Seeing only what is near to him and has become oblivious to the fact that he was cleansed from his old sins. Being short-sighted this, you actually forget who you are. You forget who you are and you start operating out of who you were instead of who you are. We're a new creation in him, right? Because of this, brethren, be all the more 
eager to make sure, to ratify, to strengthen, to make steadfast your calling and election. For if you do this, you will never stumble or fall. So we're going to go to verse 8. That's where we're going to stay um, for the rest of the service today. Well, this service. I don't know where he's going. There is so many truths in this scripture right here. Really some very, like, definite things were said here. If you exercise these things in verse 8... If they are yours and increasingly abound in you, they will keep you from being idle or unfruitful unto the full knowledge of God. Now, I want to um, let you know what knowledge is here because knowledge is not just attaining information, all right? The kind of knowledge that this is talking about is actually to know or to have knowledge is not to be intellectually informed about some abstract principle, but to apprehend and experience reality. Knowledge is not the possession of information, but rather its exercise or actualization. There is more to knowledge than just knowing something. If you have knowledge and it's not applied to you, you don't really know the thing. You know, uh, like Sean said, he would always tell the youth when we were youth pastoring, I'll know that you know it when you're actually doing it. So it's not enough to just fill up it's good to fill up on the word of God, but the fruit from what you're filling up on and what you're planting on the inside of you and planting in life is going to come forth as you put action to what you know. Action to what you know. If you know that you're to walk in the love of God, toward your brother and sister, but if you never do it, you're never going to have fruit. So you might as well not just, just throw the knowledge out. Throw it out. Who cares? There's an action and a responsibility that we have to take the seed of the Word of God, to implant it into our life, to cultivate, water it, and that's when you see the fullness of that seed come forth. God's seed does not fail. His word is not void, does not return to him void. His word is full of power and it is full of life. And it is full of abounding fruit and goodness for every good work that you have to do. We have been fully supplied with everything that we need. But if we just sit on the seed... And we don't water it, we don't walk in it, we won't see fruit. So knowledge is experiential knowledge. So let's look at the source of fruitfulness, all right? Uh, in Second Peter, um, these are not necessarily the, the, the 
the source, this is not the source, these things that we listed, you know, knowledge and um, self-control and all of that, that's not your source. That's the character that is, that is um, exposed. That is the character that comes out because you are dwelling in the source. And we're going to look at what that is. John 15. John chapter 15, one of my favorites. John chapter 15, verse 4. So let me tell you what fruitfulness is. Fruitfulness is very productive, producing fruit in abundance. Fruitfulness is used by Scripture as a symbol of spiritual maturity, bearing results. It's very productive and producing fruit in abundance. That is what fruitfulness is. Notice it's a symbol of spiritual maturity. So knowledge, knowing all of this, is not a symbol of spiritual maturity. Applying this knowledge is the symbol of spiritual maturity. So we want to grow spiritually right this year. Then it sounds to me like we get really good and diligent about applying what we know. How many in the last year, man, we have really heard some good word in this place? Not only from our pastor, from our uh, elders, but also traveling ministers, things like that. Do you know that we will be no different than we were last year if we don't decide this year to apply the word that we've heard? We will be in the same place this time next year. How many have realized things and seen things are not getting easier in the world? Sin is exposing itself and throwing a fit. And we as believers are called in the midst of that destruction and decay to be fruitful. So that, not so that we can be a display of look how good I am, so that we can be a display of look how good he is. I don't want to look like all the other fish in this sea. We want to look different. We want to act different. We want to be different. We want our lives to represent different. Then we have to be a doer of the word of God. We have to plant that seed and water it. And not just, we have to, it has to be the thing that gets the most of our attention. Is him. And his kingdom work. <clears throat> 15 chapter 4 or chapter 15 verse 4 dwell in me and I will dwell in you um, the new king james says abide in me live in me and I will live in you I actually I'm going to read this in the new king james abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me before we go any further with that I want to tell you what abide means because we think, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Christ. And we are. We very much so are. But abide 
actually means, in this verse, one who habitually keeps his commandments, obeying his word and follows, following his, his precepts, is the one who abides and remains in him. Knowledge of him. Knowing and experiencing. Knowledge of him. Abiding in him. Habitually. Means you don't stop. Wherever you go, he goes. Wherever he goes, you go. It's a good idea. Unless it abides in, in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. For I am the vine, this is Jesus talking, and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Now, I, let me just take this down to my personal life. And, oh, my goodness, we're running out of time. Down to my personal life. But I have four more weeks, so it's okay. Abiding, bearing much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. The Lord has really had me account in my life what I am doing that is not bearing fruit. And in a believer's life who's not living in sin, sometimes you can be abiding in things and sometimes you can be putting all of your attention to things that God did not tell you to do. And so then what happens is, is you are, are giving into and giving your energies into and you're sowing into this thing and it's not bearing you any fruit. Now that could be different for, that's going to be different for everybody. This is where when you're in communion and you're living, you're habitually living in, like it's a habit that that's what you do. You live in him, you listen to his command and you walk it out. That person, he will always have you in the right place at the right time doing the right things. And he has a way of doing that where he doesn't short your responsibilities either. How many think he can handle that? But if we don't first decide that I'm going to abide in him and him alone, and this is where I'm going to draw my strength, because outside of abiding in him, the scripture says, and I think when Jesus says, you can do nothing outside of me, that means you can do nothing of any value or fruitfulness for the kingdom and really the best for you and your family can't be obtained outside of abiding in him and the leading of his spirit. You say, we can live that way? Absolutely. Jesus lived that way, and he is our example. We can live that way. I want to be fruitful. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered and gathered them and thrown them into the fire and they are burned. Basically, outside of abiding in him, it's dead. There's deadness, right? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. For this, my, for it, by this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. We are disciples in this place. 
And we glorify our Father when we bear fruit. And according to John 15, the only way that we bear fruit is living in Him. Living and moving and having our being in Him. Abiding in Him. The phrase abiding in Christ pictures an intimate, close relationship and not just superficial acquaintance. It goes beyond that. When we abide in Jesus, we remain steadfast as we walk in him, depend on him, and are intentional with acts of faith. When branches abide, they bear fruit and much fruit. And when they do not, they wither and become non-productive. So in this abiding, let me just read this and then we're going to close. Because remember, knowledge is not just knowing something. And abiding is an active, habitual thing and it's in obedience but faithfulness totally depends on our fellowship with, or excuse me, fruitfulness totally depends on our fellowship with Christ and our response to that fellowship. A disciple must be fully connected to his divine source to produce for eternity. A branch by itself cannot produce fruit. It needs the vine. Not we, but our Lord has the divine resources. The branch produces what is drawn from the vine, and we must come to a recognition that we are not sufficient of ourselves. There is danger in self-sufficiency. The principle that Jesus teaches here is that it is not impossible, or excuse me, that it... uh, The principle that Jesus teaches here is that it is not possible to render anything for God without dependence on Christ. No man has the capacity to do anything for God in his own strength. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.